This is Purpose Aligned with Nia. Are you ready for a U-turn at the service road? Come on, let's go. Well, here we are in the Word, and I will be reading today out of the King James Version of the Bible. I do want to encourage you, however, if this is a new journey for you in the Bible, feel free to grab other versions that may be a little easier to read, such as the New International Version, the New King James Version, and there are others. The 25th Psalm in the King James Version. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Yes, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed, which transgress without cause. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses, for they have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercies remember thou me, for thy goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore will he teach sinners in the way. The meek he will guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth, unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn thee unto me, and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of mine heart are enlarged. O bring me out of my distresses. Look upon my affliction, my pain, and forgive all my sins. Consider mine enemies, for they are many, and they that hate with cruel hatred. O keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in thee. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all of his troubles. The 25th Psalm of David. We need to make a stop. We need to get on the service road. We need to make a U-turn and then we'll keep going. So I want to tell a funny anecdote about doing just that. I can remember working in Georgia and heading down south, south Georgia with a colleague in the car. We were enjoying each other's company and conversation and we were ahead of schedule actually. We weren't due in until the next day to present to the folks in that town. We were talking and thoroughly enjoying the conversation. We got off the road to stop 
at the service station. We needed more fuel for the vehicle and maybe some snacks. We got back on the road, y'all, I was driving. And we just continued to laugh. And maybe an hour or so into the drive from the service station, I started seeing some of the same signs that I had seen as I was driving down. I stopped the conversation for a second and said, are we going in the right direction? Did we get back on the highway going the wrong direction? We laughed so hard about it, made a U-turn and started back in the direction of our destination. It was hilarious. We talked about that. I think we might have even told the people the next day about our blunder. It was a beautiful blunder. We had the time. We even got to our destination later, got to the bed and breakfast and was able to shop and do what we needed to do. And we had a great, like almost girls night, eating sauce and chips and talking and enjoying each other's company before our work the next day. We learned from the mistake, we turned around, we kept going and we continued to enjoy each other's company. But what we're gonna do in this segment right now is we're going to make a U-turn at the service center and talk about the theme for this particular episode, which is mistakes. We all make them. What do you do when you make a mistake? Quite simply, you number one, admit you made a mistake. I could have ignored the signs, kept driving north, and found myself right back in Atlanta. What else do you need to do? Turn around, right? We turned around and we kept going. Another thing I've learned to do is release the guilt from the mistake. No guilt. It was an honest mistake. We just turned around. I wasn't going to beat myself up about it. We could laugh about it, about how I added two hours <laughs> to our drive. What are you going to do? Enjoy the journey, right? Live and learn and enjoy the journey. So now that I've kind of Share that antidote. It was a funny antidote. It still brings a lot of joy back to me when I think about it. I want to talk about a couple of things here right in this podcast. The first thing I want to do is go back in, as Ice Cube said, check myself before I wreck myself, right? I want to endeavor in this podcast to listen to what I say, to live by what I say, and that means sometimes going back and using a recursive approach my own self and listening to what I said. And in so doing, I want to make a couple of clarifications from the things I said. So let's first go back to the King James Version, Proverbs 4.12 that I shared with you. And I want to go back there because I used a word in the King James Version, Proverbs 4.12 that I want to clarify. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be hindered. That word is. And then finally, what I want to share is in the poem, A Million Miles, I have driven, literally ridden, I have driven for a living, 45 minutes up to Lincoln. Well, clearly I have not driven a million miles. I want to talk about the poetry. I want to talk about the things that I said in the poetry. I want to talk about some things that inspired the poetry 
And so I'm looking forward to really going into some of the poems that I have spoken hundreds of times to share with you the inspiration and what was in my mind and my heart when God used me to bring forth some of those words. And so in this U-turn at the service road, I want to encourage you to be okay with mistakes. I want to be an example of being okay with mistakes, going back, admitting it, making the correction, and then moving forward. If I can do it, you can too. And finally, in this segment, I want to share this with you. This entire podcast is my testimony. I don't even see this particularly as my ministry. I see it as me opening up my life, the things that I've done, the things that I've experienced to help others. That's it. I don't call myself preaching. No, I'm probably still running from that. I am not a psychiatrist. Go get one if you need one. I'm sharing with you the things that I have learned and have implemented in my life that have helped me and I want to pay that forward. This podcast is my testimony. That's what it is. It's simply my testimony that I share with you. And then finally, I just want to say how much I appreciate your presence in this space. Pray for me, ask questions, correct anything that you hear that's not correct. This is what this is all about. This is about taking a journey, not in perfection. I'm getting ready to quote Transformation Church now, paying that for in this moment. We're never going to be perfect. It's never going to be perfection. Never. The test is going to come when the word comes. That's it. All we can do is progress, is try, is live and learn, and get up the next day, pass each test that comes. Okay? So, sometimes we have to make a U-turn at the service station, and it is quite all right. Let's go. The journey continues. Here we are at the audio blog. I'm going to read the entry that I made on November the 8th of 2021. And it's entitled, Maturity is a Choice. I love the picture here in Nia44.com. It's the picture of the olive grove that I talked about in a previous episode. You can see the olive trees in the back. Here we go. Maturity is a choice. Earlier in this year of 2021, I uttered the phrase, maturity is a choice or a series of choices while I was conversing with my oldest daughter. That phrase became a running theme for months including the confirmation from a couple of preachers. This is the first blog post that will address the theme, maturity is a choice. Choose well, one choice at a time. When we choose to put aside childish things one by one, we enter into new levels of maturity. As I put laser focus on love in action and faith in action, I realized the fruits of the Spirit are those mature decisions. 
It takes maturity to forgive seven times 70, as Jesus said. When Jesus gave that command, the disciples immediately asked for more faith. Each one of those decisions to forgive would mean putting aside the childish way of refusing to forgive to one's own detriment. To be gentle and kind is a choice from person to person and place to place. It takes faith to put our sensibilities, our irritations, our hurt feelings aside to grow in love. Coming to the end of self is the true measure of maturity. Self is the center of childish ways, pride, arrogance, self-seeking, boasting in self, etc. We can challenge ourselves in self-reflection to make sure we are choosing well. For some of us, we are in a season of our lives as seasoned believers to grow exponentially in God. The process of spiritual growth comes with exercising mature choices. Let's look at the wilderness experience after the Exodus as an example of how we can mature choice by choice. The wilderness is an example of what not to do. Number one, looking back. Number two, complaining. And number three, reverting back to idolatry. By forgetting the past and focusing on God in the present, we secure our future. There are several examples of the problem with looking back in the Bible, the wilderness, and Lot's wife. When we look behind us, we cannot focus on what is in our current position or what God has in store for us in the future. I can move forward, redirect my energy, learn and grow. I can choose well. That's an affirmation. Complaining was a big problem in the journey from bondage to the promised land for the Israelites. Ruminating on negative thoughts can drown out the promises of God, stifle faith, and keep us stuck. I can eradicate complaining stemming from a negative inner mantra. I can meditate on the word, the promises of God, and consider the purpose and meaning of everything in my life. Instead of relying on God completely and recognizing his supernatural provision in the season of transition, manna, the word, the water, etc. Reverting to idolatry and trusting things rather than the almighty creator of all was the trap that led the Israelites to stay stuck in the wilderness. I can trust God and rely on God completely and give God the glory for it all. After all, God did it all. Maturity is a choice, and I can choose to lean in, to press in now more than ever. Help us, Almighty, to put you first. I surrender all of me, my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions, opinions, and plans to you, Lord. I empty myself in your presence. Take all of me. Purify my heart. Renew my mind. Do a new thing in me. May your perfect will be done. I'm praying that we all mature in the application of God's word so that the love of God will shine through our lives, choice by choice. Am I patient? Am I kind? Am I gentle? Are we long-suffering? Maturity is a series of choices. Let's be seasoned believers that add flavor to every situation by putting love in action. Let's go. Let's do a poetry set. Are you ready?
consider the possibilities, innate abilities, to work through responsibilities. So spend the time to think about, to read about, to pray about, to become about the business of just who you be. Fly, sister, fly. Roll, brother, roll. Go, sister, go. Go where you need to go to be true to thyself, new to thyself, intelligent to thyself, curious to thyself, beautiful to thyself, handsome to thyself, happy with thyself. Because of the choices that you make, which are grounded in all the truth of every action that you take. Spiritual creatures we are, spiritual creatures we are, spiritual creatures we are. To speak the truth, to live the truth, and be about the business of the truth at all times. Help us, Lord. Some of us raise our sons. We should not have raised our sons by ourselves. We were stripped of, we were robbed of, we were raped of, we were taken of, we were taken of our dignity of who we be, black woman. Innate abilities to consider the possibilities, innate abilities to work through responsibilities that you have my brothers too many brothers out there without a hope without a prayer too many brothers locked up modern day slavery run amok too many stuck not thinking not knowing not growing because you were stripped of you were robbed of you were beaten of you were degraded of degraded of your dignity of who you be black man Abilities to consider the possibilities, innate abilities to work through responsibilities of, of what we need, of what they need, of what they need from us, of what we need from them. Why should I sit back for another moment and close my eyes to all that I see, to all that I be? I've got to. 
to be me. I've got to be what God called and created me to be in his purpose, in his image, in his will, in his way. I must submit myself to the righteousness that I was called to. I must humble myself to the hand of the Almighty and prostrate I must be. Stripping away every layer of emotional scars, of battered abandonment, of rejection from the very beginning, but healing has begun. Innate abilities you have, my sisters, to consider your possibilities. You must consider your possibilities. Innate abilities you have, my brothers, to consider your responsibilities. You must consider your responsibilities. So in that poem, which I have literally spoken so many times, different events throughout the years, the poem is 20 years old, and I uttered innate abilities to consider the possibilities and innate abilities to work through responsibilities as I considered the plight of my sisters, the plight of Black women in America, and all that we all have had to endure historically from my great-grandmother who was raised in Southern Georgia near some of the harshest plantations, she survived. To my grandmother who was born in that same place and came up to the North in the Great Migration, she survived. To the many brothers out there who are stuck in modern day slavery, behind bars, incarcerated, these were the things that were on my heart at the time. And so this poem, where I talked about my journey, the journey of my sisters, all that black women have endured in the United States of America, watching their families get stripped away, all of the various heinous things that we've had to endure as a people in this land. This is what was on my heart at the time 20 years ago. And in the meantime, that was the poetry set. Well, here we are at the woman at the well. And I don't want to leave the men out because we all make mistakes, right? We all have had transgressions. And so I could have selected Joseph because he was literally in a well or a cistern. I recently learned the difference between the two by going to the dictionary. Go look that one up. It's actually very interesting. It'll come back up later, I'm sure, because we're talking about the source of the water, depending on which you're referring to, the cistern or the well. But Joseph was pretty good, according to the Bible, with learning from his mistakes and persevering. So let's go back to David. We already talked about how he succumbed to envy and murder, right? He envied the other man's wife. Bathsheba and sent him to the front of the battlefield where he would actually die. Again, go back to the word. I'm in Samuel, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel is David's life and Chronicles and even some parts of 1 Kings. 
But at any rate, let's talk about some of the other times that David had to make a U-turn and he exacted a cost in making the mistake because the reality is when we don't follow specific instructions sometimes, we, it's, we have to learn the lesson and it can be a valuable lesson to learn. And so there were two specific instances that I want to discuss. The first was when David attempted to move the ark. He attempted to move the ark and he asked and inquired of people, not God, on how to do it. The mistake cost someone their life. And David was in extreme fear of God as a result. What did he do? He went back to the instructions. He went back to the instructions given in the book of Numbers, realized that there were instructions for moving the ark, followed those instructions to a T, and successfully moved the ark into the city of David with such praise unto God that he danced before God in praise and worship. The other time that David made a mistake in error was in taking account, taking a census. And I honestly, when I was studying this, I said, Lord, why was it such a mistake? I mean, I knew, but after looking at all that David did, I knew, but I wanted something specific when I asked that question. And God will show you if you tarry with the thing after asking. He simply showed me that at the beginning of Numbers, God told them to do it. And when David took the census, it was coming from a motive of haughtiness and greed because he was doing it to count all that he had. And he then had to pay a price. God gave him a choice of three things that could happen as a result. But God, David still remained a man after God's heart. He stopped, he turned, he turned around, he did something different. He lived and he learned. And I pray that I live and learn. Lord, help us to live and learn. Help us to get the instructions clearly. Help us to sit and wait. Help me to sit and wait and get exact instructions. Well, the woman at the well, the men at the well, we all gathered around the well because none of us are perfect. Let's go. The journey continues. So where you at, huh? Are you in Virginia? Are you in Dallas? Or where you at? Or where you at? Are you in Bear? Are you in Anchorage? Or where you at? Or where you at? Or where you at? Or where you at? Let's go. It's time for shout outs. This is a special day, January the 17th, 2022. Happens to be my oldest grandson's 18th birthday. Your dad would be so proud of you. Happy birthday, Jonathan 
Jr. Shout out to my grandson. It's also the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. So this is a day of service and to remind us that service is a way of life. So I thank God for the gift of the ministry of service. So we're just shouting out folks today. And I also want to do a shout out to one other person who I don't know personally. I just want to say that right now. But Adele 30, the album, I'm going to get it. Shout out to Adele. (laughs) I was spending some quality time with one of my daughters and she is always paying things forward. She said to me, you should really get this album. It just is reminiscent of your life. You. I don't know how many times this child has said something like that to me. Okay. At any rate, they both do. Both of my daughters do that. They just throw things my way. I love it. And so I'm sitting here about to eat this meal that I threw together. It was delicious. I I don't know how because I threw it together. I take the first bite. She turns on the song. Adele belts out the first tune, the note, the first word. And the next thing I knew, the tears were flowing. I was bawling. Mom, should I stop it? Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Nope, let the tears flow. Happy tears, sad tears, whatever the tears, whenever they come, let them flow. It really reminded me of connected me, I should say, to this podcast and the emotion that came through. And I could just relate. I could just relate. So once again, she was right. And I'm going to give a shout out to Adele for speaking your truth and singing your truth. You better just go. So let's go. You ready? Well, here we are at Milestones and Markers. Are you going back and keeping your list of Milestones and Markers so that you can remember all the good things that have happened in your life and all the times that you have overcome obstacles? Well, that's what this is all about. It's about sharing some Milestones and Markers in my life, in my testimony, and also encouraging you to do the same. So, I recently learned some interesting things about milestones and markers and surveying back in the day. I can't wait to tell you some things about that, but not in this episode. Instead, I wanna go back to Tulsa. I wanna go back to being 15 in 19... and going from a virgin to a mother of two before I graduated from high school. I want to talk about the stigma and the statistics. The stigma and the statistics. So being a teen mother, a teenage mom, I will always have a stigma attached to me as a result. I am not glorifying this thing in any way, shape, or form. 
by the grace and mercy of God, he allowed me to be a fairly decent mother at 15. But let me tell you, there were a lot of mistakes made, a lot of poor choices made, and a lot of times when I wanted to give up. Let's just keep this real, okay? But God, and this is why I say God did it. We can still live and learn though. And that's what I endeavor to do, even from this vantage point. So I wanna share the stigma of being a teen mother and being at the magnet school, my alma mater, Booker T. Washington High School, and getting pregnant at 15. There's a stigma attached to it. I know there were lots of people talking about me behind my back at school. Lots of people talking about my foolishness of being pregnant at that age. Here's the thing. I learned to balance some things. I would never say my children were a mistake. They are a gift from God. God works all things together for good according to Romans 8:28 for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I recognize that my children were a beautiful gift from God, notwithstanding the circumstances under which some of them might have been born. So it's a balancing act of not succumbing to the stigmas or the statistics in which you may find yourself. That's the lesson from this point forward. And so I can remember going back to school and let's jump ahead to when I was pregnant the second time. And I actually heard, overheard the whispers of someone. And the person was one of my best friends. It hurt me tremendously. I had sat in that class, that child development class, and heard the statistic about 20% of people, teenagers, who get pregnant once will get pregnant again. I said, not me. <laughs> that will never be me. Well, this stigma stayed with me even though I defied the stigma and the statistics and graduated from high school. Do you know the stigma even carried with me into college? When I professed my desires to go to law school, many of my mother's friends and other people, maybe even family members said, no, she's not, she's not gonna do that. To my face, behind my back, the stigma. Y'all, I wish I could really tell you how deep the stigma is. I think I will. I've actually had someone say to me when I was practicing law, what, you didn't believe in birth control? He said it out loud. What I know a lot of people had already done, the math in their head. Your children are how old and how old are you? Those questions that I've heard so many different times. If I succumbed to the stigma and the statistics, I would have never accomplished anything. God placed in me a perseverance, a determination, and more importantly, and most importantly, a vision that notwithstanding what people would think or say about me, he would allow me to persevere past my own doubt, past my own infirmities to accomplish for a time such as this. The stigmas and the statistics that same son that I had when I was 15 years old. I lost in my 40s. With one son, I was a statistic 
more than one time over. That testimony is full. That testimony is full. Despite the stigmas, despite the statistics, we can still learn and grow. This is what it is. And I thank God for the ability to do it. Milestones and markers. I can go back and look at all of the many things that may have been said or done. I forgive. I forget. If I didn't, if I held on, I wouldn't have been able to do anything. So, if you find yourself a statistic, if you find yourself with a stigma, just know that you can still achieve anything that you set in your mind with hard work, determination, and perseverance, with a plan and with goals, and by doing it one step at a time. When I graduated from law school and I we had that graduation reception there, I have to tell you, I know there were people there who had set out their mouths that I would not accomplish that goal. It wouldn't matter. It doesn't matter. You get tunnel vision. You coach yourself, talk to yourself, <laughs> do whatever you need to do to get to your goal. Um, that was Milestones and Markers. Let's go. Y'all, milestones and markers, stigmas and statistics. I remember when I went back for Penn State's 50th anniversary, the Brandywine campus back then, the Delaware County campus, the Lima campus, was about the same age as I was. It was born in Chester too, <laughs> around the same time I was. Anyway, that's just as an aside. I can remember going back and of course, this is well after I had graduated from college, law school. So a lot of time had transpired by the time I had gone back for this anniversary. Sometimes you have no idea how much people judged you until later, until you cross their path and they tell you about it. And so one of my professors came up to me and said, you did it. I never thought that you would go to law school. Now, I need to just stop for a minute and say that as one of my professors in my major, I spent quite a bit of time in her classes, plural. I had accomplished enough on campus for her not to doubt anything. She had seen it firsthand on campus. Yet she doubted me so much that she said, I followed you. I tracked you afterwards. And I realized that you did it. I was probably one of the few students, I hate to say it, that read before class and came with the discussion. She actually looked me in my face all of that time, doubting because of the stigma that she placed on me and the statistic that she placed on me. She was doubting that I would ever accomplish my goal and had the audacity to look me in the face and tell me about all of that and then inform me that I had actually done it, accomplished my goal. 
So all I can say is tunnel vision, drown out the naysayers, forget the people who try to place you in a box and go and get to your goal. Let's go. All right, it's time to pay it forward. And today I want to share a little treasure that I found just sitting around, like literally, and it's called the 31 Days of Praise. 31 Days of Praise by Ruth Myers, Enjoying God Anew. This little book was such a great addition to my 2020 40-day journey in PDL, The Purpose Driven Life. It worked so nicely with it that I went back to the beginning and continued the process with Ruth Myers. So I just wanted to share that with you and pay it forward. 31 days of praise with Ruth Myers. Go ahead and get it. Let's go. Affirmation 18. I relate. I relate to my purpose. I spend the time to read about, to pray about, and to think about the business of who I be. Mind, body, spirit, and emotion. I have the innate abilities to consider all realms of possibilities and my responsibilities. Max Lucado said, blessed are those who know what on earth they are here to do and set themselves about the business of doing it. Well, that's it. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Purpose Aligned with Nia. Please go ahead and like, subscribe, and pay it forward if you like. I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you. And until the next time, until episode five, where we're talking about disqualified from the race. Let's go.